2: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored
1: Snapple near you.
3: This episode of Performance Anxiety Side Project features Corrine Delage from Charisma Agency. We talk about the importance of PR in an artist's life. She talks about how she got started at the age of 8 interviewing the Montreal Expos. Covering the Grammys, the MTV Music Awards, the Billboard Music Awards by age 13, and having Destiny's child sing to her over the phone. She discusses the importance of branding, getting the right kind of exposure, and how to keep a client's expectations realistic. She shares some great real-world stories and experiences from over 20 years in the business. Please enjoy this episode of Performance Anxiety Side Projects with Kareem Delage.
2: Hey everyone, it's Karen Delaz from Charisma Agency. You guys are listening to Performance Anxiety Podcast. Oh yeah, I'm good.
3: <laughs> is it Karen or is it Kareen or how do I pronounce your first name? Um,
2: well, everyone pretty much says everything, so I <laughs> give up. <laughs> so, but it's Kareen.
3: Kareen. Is that close enough?
2: Yeah, you're good.
3: Okay. <laughs> I was trying to do some research on you. And since you're more behind the scenes than your clients, it's not always the easiest thing to do. But I did find out that you're a Habs fan.
2: I am. I love my Montreal Canadiens. And especially, well, since I'm from Montreal, so obviously. Yeah. And even if I live in Toronto now, um, I would not, for the least, no disrespect. Unless they go in the playoffs, I'm still
3: a half girl. It's like a religion in my Oh, yeah. You know, I, I've heard that. And I'm, I'm new to hockey. I didn't grow up as a hockey fan. Um, mainly, be, I guess one of the re- main reasons is because I lived in New Jersey at the time and the devils were terrible when I grew up. Yeah. So, so I didn't I didn't really get into it, uh, but I'm moved uh, moved around a lot and i i live in the dc area now and so over the past few years i've been been watching the caps and i really like them and uh
2: oh yeah
3: you think they're going to you think they have a chance to repeat the the Stanley Cup this year i don't
2: know about that hopefully they they're,
3: they're <laughs> not i mean they're not playing I mean, they're playing better than they were they were they were in a bit of a slump there for a little while but uh they got wilson oh, they back were. yeah they're they got playing better now yeah, they got Wilson back, and, and, and Ovi's just... I'm telling you, the, the guy's the guy's ageless. I don't know how he's hes scoring as much oh, as he's... Oh,
2: he's amazing.
3: I swear, if, if you... No, no,
2: know. he's super good. If you ever... I mean, it would be a nice thing for them to get it twice. I mean, especially <laughs> for Ovi. He, he's so talented, and he's so deserving.
3: Oh, yeah. Then that was... The Stanley Cup win for years was the one thing that everybody was complaining about. He's got a Hall of Fame career if... He can win a, a cup, and everybody had had said it, it. His time had passed him by, and last year, he,
2: oh for sure, it
3: was amazing. So if you ever get Ovi as a client, you gotta let me know so I can get him on the show.
2: I will. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you
3: you started in in I guess what was it journalism in Quebec at the age of eight. Right. You were Correct. eight.
2: I, yeah, I was eight years old. Um, I started, so basically I started when I was eight. Um, I decided to call the Artist Union back home and just start doing interviews with talent. So in between eight and 13, um, I did over like 200 interviews.
0: Oh my god! And then
2: uh, one of the biggest magazines in Quebec, which is Special Magazine, uh, Magazine, hired me at 13 for like a whole year to have my own. Colin,
3: like my
0: page oh so my
2: I was being to with talent how is um, that how do
3: they do that how is that legal <laughs> it's,
2: it's legal 13. if your parents are okay with it <laughs>
3: <laughs> man 8 to 13 and you you already accomplished more than I have at 45
0: Jeez. <laughs>
2: well I'm 37 now so it's been I've been in the industry for it will be 30 years next year which is insane that's
0: crazy
2: yeah, no, it really is. Oh and the God. thing too is that people tend to forget that, um, okay, let's be honest, like a lot of people in the industry, um, their parents are in it or they study or something in those lines. And for me, uh, my parents were not in it. My dad was working in construction. My mom was a stay at home mom. And okay. I just decided to do that on my own.
3: Wow. So you didn't have any yeah. connection into the industry, you just took it upon yourself to break into it at the age of eight.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Now, I, I remember uh, reading or or, or hearing in an interview, and one of your first interviews was uh, some players for the Montreal Expos? Yeah, um, a couple
2: of my first interviews were, well, talent in Quebec, of course, but um I did interviews with Larry Walker, Moises Alou.
0: Oh.
2: Dennis um, Martinez, Mike Lansing, um, met Gary Carter. Oh, man. Um, but Moises Alou probably was one of the most interesting ones. I mean, I, I, when I was a kid, I loved Mike Lensing too. And Larry Walker was amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Moises Alou was two weeks before he broke his foot. I know it's a long time ago, oh, so people might not remember. Yes. But it split was literally like sideways.
3: Yes, was that was disgusting. disgusting. I remember mm-hmm. watching that. Oh, that was, that was. Oh yeah. Oh god! Now I'm getting the chills just thinking about it. Ugh. So, so yeah. you and I actually now ha- we now have a connection though because the Expos became the Washington Nationals, my yes. favorite baseball team. They yeah
2: they became and they could have stayed in Montreal. If this try could have not happened in '94, yeah, because especially like the um, Jeffrey Loria at that time, pretty much sold all the big players instead of keeping them, thinking about losing a little bit of money that year. Wasn't
0: there?
3: Uh, a, wasn't there an issue where they didn't even have TV rights in Montreal for the Expos for at towards the end of their existence?
2: Oh, I would not be surprised because people were not going anymore. People fully lost interest because. All the stars were gone. Yeah. So they kind of lost interest on them. Like, we had so many good players that they went to be amazing players in the rest of the leagues, too. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: Like, we had Vladimir Guerrero, which now his son plays for the Jays. Um, Vlad was great. Well, Larry Walker. Larry Walker was amazing on his home.
0: Yeah, that's um, true.
2: Yeah, and then even when the Salou went on to play his dad... Felipe was an amazing coach. Yes, that um, whole
3: family—they had Felipe, that Maddie—they had a whole, the whole Alou family. It was like baseball royalty.
2: Oh hell yeah!
3: It's hundred percent. Am- it's amazing. So, so those were some of your first interviews for some pretty big they names. Were. That's amazing. I
2: was like at that point, I was probably fourteen or fifteen, and then I start um, doing interviews. And like, well, in the hop side of things, I I spoke with a lot of the old players, like Denis Savard. Oh
0: wow! Uh,
2: oh my God! Like, I've blanks just because there's so many. But um, <laughs> and I got lucky enough that a couple of years ago, I did the launch for Jonathan croix album in in Canada. Like first time he came out, that's Patrick Croissant Well, oh, one
0: of them. Okay. Oh wow! Yeah, that's
2: so man. I pretty much like. That's like fast forward like a lot just to, just because we're talking sports and that night that I was, well, not just the night, like I was with Patrick the entire day, but my dad loved hockey and Patrick Kwan was one of the idol. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess,
0: Jacques,
2: Jacques Clowns and all the other players like Patrick Kwan, was like a dynasty in Montreal. Oh, yeah. Um, I,
3: I remember Patrick and I wasn't even a big hockey fan at the time. He
2: was a
3: huge name.
2: So I was with him all day and his son because we're pushing the album and this and this and this. And I I called my dad and I put put him on the phone with Patrick.
0: Oh, wow. And
2: and I think I probably made my dad year or a couple of years. Uh, Like (laughs) bonus points on my side. (laughs) Um, But it's funny because they were talking about like the playoff and they were talking about like, the new goalie for Montreal. At that point, <laughs> I think it was Alak. Okay. Like back in a while ago. Yeah,
0: yeah. But anyway,
2: but that's like on the sports side of things. And I always had like an interest with sports. And I used to, um, when I was a kid, I used to compete in swimming. Okay. And I used to be the, the geek person that was taping the Olympics and watching the race. <laughs> so that was my goal. When I was a kid.
0: The Olympics, um, okay. I wanted
2: to go to the Olympics, yeah. As a side joke, which was funny, um, just because we were talking about baseball, I don't know if you remember, and they still have it, but the point card, I used to laugh like first base, second base.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Fourth,
2: third base and whatnot. Yeah. So I used to have a stack of those because I used to watch. Baseball was like this thing with my dad. Like I was on the radio for the first time with the Expo's, uh host on TSN, oh. I, on the French network, and then I used to go watch baseball. Like they used to give me tickets because I was like the little girl in the industry. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, you're like I, literally ten. <laughs> and I used to go like with my dad all the time. It was just like like this bond with my dad. Yeah, like everything else, but this was like our thing. Oh.
0: That's awesome. So,
2: but I actually cried that last game they played. I'm not going to lie here.
0: <laughs> well, it was
2: emotional, and I don't think it's only me. A lot of people, I mean, people do want the Expos back. So,
3: Yeah, and who knows? I mean, the way baseball is going, if, if, they may be able to expand again. So,
2: Hopefully. That uh, would be dope.
3: I would but, love to yeah. see the Expos back, though. I'm, don't take away my Nats, but having the Expos back would be really cool. A
2: lot of people want them back.
3: A lot. <laughs> I well, that's see, that's good news. If they can keep the groundswell swell up, they they may be able to to eventually convince the uh, MLB to bring a, a, a team but, back up there. It, it, I mean, it took like um, what is it, fifty years, almost fifty years to get the, a team back in Washington DC. So yeah, but the thing too is that we need
0: a new stadium
2: because the Olympic Stadium is you can't. Ah, yeah. Because of the um, Yeah, you can't play there. But I mean hopefully they would come back.
0: But well,
3: then yeah, so if you look at what the NFL's is- done, they they've they just they've taken some cruddy old stadiums and stuck the teams in LA in them. So that's true. <laughs>
0: so, that
3: is true. <laughs> they may be able to do the same with a baseball team. Oh my
2: god, that is completely true. <laughs> but yeah, like after the whole uh war, so that's when I pretty much did left my love even more for sports. But my first international interview was actually 19 years ago or 20 years ago with 98 Degrees. And okay. it's funny because up to these days, uh, Jeff is still a good friend and I work with Jeff from 98 Degrees.
3: Oh, okay. Wow.
2: Man, yeah. That's, that's
3: really cool. See, and that, that's that's kind of what I, I like about this sh- the show that I'm doing with you right now is that I've been able to actually create some friendships with some of the, with some of the people that I've interviewed and it's it's yeah it's amazing to me that that I'm you know on a every week couple weeks or so I'll get an, I'll get a, a message or an email from somebody whose music I've been listening to for 20 30 years yeah so it's it's, it's amazing that's one of the great perks about doing this I well, guess Well, it is
2: because because of them um, on a that- not because of them, but I when I turned eighteen or no, that's not true, twenty. Um, I went to I was starting to cover the Billboard Music Award and I did that for like six years in a row. Oh wow. And I was just literally going there and doing interviews and I I made friends with which is funny because well, many of the was there so obviously. Yeah. Um, they introduced <laughs> me to people. But then Anthony Hamilton uh, who's a good friend, his manager. And again, that's like a long time ago. But people, because when they see you grow and they see that you're not trying to cut corners and you're actually working hard, they'll try to help you even more. Like to go back to Anthony, Anthony introduced me. I mean, him and his manager introduced me to Usher, oh, wow. to Neo, to a bunch of people. And then, uh, you yeah, know, because I didn't, when I was there, I was the Canadian girl that everyone's like loving because I'm from Canada.
0: Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah, and you, you're so the and
2: youngest person there. 99. Exactly.
3: And you know, and I, th- I think the other thing is, if somebody has a good experience when they're d- when they're having an interview, they're more likely to to remember it and more likely to help you out and well, want to talk with you again.
2: Well, that's the thing. Like, I did an interview by phone with. And with Justin Chow, the first time they came to Canada and Wow um, they yeah, they sang on the phone for me.
0: Oh wow. Oh, um
2: I don't know where that tape is, it's gone somewhere. But <laughs> um that's about because I mean we all know like those tapes back in the days. Oh yeah. They're yes. probably long gone. But um <laughs> or they're somewhere at home. But I do have a video um, the girls from Disney Channel talking about how they love Canada and even I have Lil Bow wow speaking to me in French when he was a child.
0: Really? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah.
2: And I have B.B. Max singing for me. I have Joe that was singing for me. Cisco. Um, all of that at the Billboard Music Awards. So, that's, that's why like, I know and that's why like all my connection and people tend to forget how It's not by, like, by luck. Like I work so hard for all those connections, basically.
0: That's grown
3: into um, having more than just musicians and and athletes. You deal with actors and all kinds of people. You have uh, relations with brands now. So tell me a little bit about just uh, PR in general. So, uh, like, let's say uh, an actor would have a you would have an agent, have a management, uh, but yeah. you also have a publicist. So what is the difference? What are you doing th- uh, for an actor that, that, let's say, an, an agent or their management wouldn't do?
2: Well, basically what we do, and people tend to forget how important PRs tend to be, um, especially for talent. I mean, brand is brand, but the brand itself, like the product, doesn't talk. Right. So we create a brand. But the only thing is, um, especially for talent, it's important for them to develop their own identity to be able to have like coverage on T V in the newspaper, online, or everything, to be on the red carpet, getting their picture taken to get out there. So the more we get exposure for them, it benefits them on a broader level, get bigger roles or anything. Okay. Also, same thing for a brand, though, because we need... If you have a new product and it's a really good product but you don't get the word out, then nobody will know about it.
3: I know exactly what you're talking about. I might know a podcast or two... Yeah. That that might need a little (laughs) bit of branding
2: help. (laughs) But it's hard sometimes because... Again, like, there's some PR people out there and, well, that's more on the town side, but they give, like, bad reputation to some PR and because of that, there's a gray line and people think that it's only partying and getting people on red carpet, which is not the right. case. Like, you can't... I mean, there's some exception that you'll grow and become successful in 24 hours. There is some exception. But
0: in general...
2: You are a talent, you're an athlete, singer, a brand, new product, a designer, anything. Um, you have to put work and effort. And I say that to people, you never, you won't, unless miracles. Right. Which, John knows we can do some of those sometimes.
0: <laughs> well, sometimes
2: you- I'm calling myself miracle workers and people, people that would listen to this podcast and know me would totally laugh at this. But we put miracles out there. But that being said, I always say it always takes at least three months to see an actual turnaround because people need to start getting to know you and then you build and build and build.
0: Right.
2: It's not like day and night.
0: Yeah, it takes
3: – like anything worthwhile, it takes a lot of hard work.
2: Exactly. And people forget that, especially like um in the day and age of social media people think that because it's on Instagram or anything, it's like instant. Yeah. So it's harder now. I mean, we used to have even more coverage in the past, but now it gets harder because of social media. Like people tend to think it's like beneficial, which it is, Mm -hmm. if you use it properly. But then at the end of the day, um, it could hurt your brand or but talent, because the quality, it's like you always want to use like quality over quantity, and it's becoming like a lot of quantity these days.
3: Yeah. Now, are you finding that the talent is uh, wanting things to be more immediate, their success to be more immediate, because of the social media aspect of, of PR now? Well,
2: see, what I could say about that is it depends. It depends where the person is in his life, in okay. his mind, and in his work, and how the people, how they perceive themselves. And the reason why I'm saying that is you can't, if, okay, let's say you you just started, or you haven't had a team show yet. Yes, you've been doing your craft for a long time, but you just book a major show, which is amazing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You can't compare to yourself, someone that's on the fifth season of a. Certain TV show, right, right. Because your visibility towards people in the media, even though your social media might be over fifteen thousand or whatnot, the visibility in the media is not there yet.
0: Okay, okay, that because makes- you might have
2: a lot of followers, but it's hard to. that that actually happen often. Like I'll have like a top A, B tier artist and someone who's new will expect to have coverage on those big national TV shows, which I'm not saying it's not going to work. It will eventually, but you need to put the work in. Right. So that's why I like social media. is good and bad in the sense that people see that. So I still get an interview, example, with Young Hollywood. So I still get like, an article in Billboard in Variety, or Vogue or whatever. Right is great, but the person, the other person that sees that and wants that might not be directly at the same level yet.
3: Okay. How did you make the transition from a 13, 14-year-old journalist to public relations?
2: Right. Well, when I, um, the first thing I did back home in Montreal, probably... 22 years ago. <laughs>
0: well,
2: so, so I was like trying to stay in Norway, but anyways, probably when I was 18, 19, 20, um, I was, I did like this pretty much when I was 20, 21. Sorry. I did this, um, 24 hours fashion challenge with Shana, the shampoo company. Okay. And so basically designer were mixed with stylists and photographers and stuff. And they had to create like a look, and put it on the runway twenty four hours later. oh wow, So I had like I did like the media for them, and I was new. like I never done that before, but someone believed in me. And it went actually really well like it, it and then that kind of started triggering um the other part that I wanted to the other side of things, especially when I was seeing like people on the red carpet and how they interact with people to. Have the artist talked about or whatever. Okay. And then after that, um, I moved to Toronto like 15 years ago. Um, I started working at a little record label. Okay. And at the same time, I was also um, going to school in entertainment business, okay. which I never ended up finishing. Oh. <laughs> um, But the point, the point of what I'm saying is that I literally, um, learn everything on my own. Okay. Um, nobody really teach me how, well, to write, well, no, actually, no, because I learned how to write a press release at a PR firm that I worked for two years in that was working with a lot of talent back in the days. Okay. Like I learned everything on my own. Like I didn't, And See, but that's that's for some people. Some people are better at school and some people will learn on their own faster because it's a passion for them. Yeah. And I think that uh, for me it was like not just a passion but I really really have potential, I guess, to be in that world. Okay. But yeah, I just, yeah, that's how I started and then I started working. Well, seven years ago, I worked for a big PR firm in Toronto. That was just doing branding. Well, not branding, but working with brands. Okay. And uh, I was the only one allowed to still do some work on my own on the French Quebec market. Oh, really? And that that's really rare because if you yeah, get if people don't know um, when you do PR and you work for a PR firm, you're not allowed to have your own stuff going. Okay. Um, because, just because it's conflict.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense.
2: But because of, I had like, they knew my strength in the Quebec market and they needed me. So I was allowed, I had some free pass basically. <laughs> but, and then they let me go. Um, when you're junior at a PR firm as well, you tend to, if someone make a mistake on the higher level, junior goals
0: first. Right. Yeah. Little man I on the totem pole. Hard, but
2: that's, right. But that's pretty much in any industry. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, that kind of gave me a kick in the butt because I wanted to I wanted to leave um, and just start my own thing. But you all know when you have a nine to five like you have insurance this and this you're not going to leave.
0: No, you got stability. Even though
2: you want to. Right. So I'm going to like the non-stability. Yeah, is really scary.
0: Yeah, I've so anyways, done that I myself. I
2: think I see, but that's what I'm saying. So I think I cried for like maybe five minutes, and then I was good. Then I'm like, you know what? This is what I wanted. This is what I always want to do. That's it. So and, that's like six years ago, and okay. yeah, I'm on. I've been on my own,
0: and.
3: How difficult was it for you to start gaining clients? Uh, was it something you were able to, to do immediately, or did it take a little bit of time?
2: See, but that's the thing because I already had some uh,
3: because of what you are doing on the side. Okay,
2: well, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly, and because exactly because of what I'm doing on the side, so I already had like two or three, and then I just like started working really hard to get more.
3: And you've been working so hard that you've been named, uh, in the top 40 under 40 for in, in your business.
2: Yeah. Correct. For the past two years.
3: That's fantastic. Is there, is there like a top 40 actually, over 40? I,
0: better, I don't know. Cause I want to <laughs> go for <laughs> I'm that getting, one.
3: I want to, I want to go for that one.
2: I'm like, I'm getting closer to 40. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um. Yeah, and actually we, um, which is funny, I got another award this year um, with a client of mine, Canada Sound. And Canada Sound is like this album we did for the 150th anniversary of Canada. Oh, really? With a bunch of Canadian artists. So basically what it was, um, there was a website that people could uh, provide the sound that they like, their favorite Canadian sound. And artists were creating a song with those sounds.
0: That's really wild.
2: At one of the marketing, actually advertising awards in New York this past year, we won um, a silver right in front of Drake. Oh, wow. Yeah, Drake finished third, we finished first. Uh (laughs) This is hilarious because that's probably the only time in my life that I
3: can't say that i beat Drake on something. <laughs> and shout out to Drake. Drake, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Drake, if you're listening, you know, we still love you. Oh,
0: hell yeah. <laughs> I love
2: Drake.
3: I don't, maybe we should send this to him or I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I have no connection with him whatsoever. So. <laughs> um, so, now, how do you get clients? Is it some, is it a you pursuing them or do they come to you or is it a mix?
0: I don't,
2: Well, it all depends because um, some was, I've been lucky and I could touch some wood somewhere, but um, because people see the results, I've been lucky that people come to me these days. But that's not, that's what's like a lot of work behind. Like it's not me sitting around and waiting for those clients. And even then, I always pitch for different clients as well. But I've been, especially, like, I got, like, a, this year has been a big boost for me in the state.
0: Oh, okay. How so?
2: Yeah. It's been really good because I've been doing, like, getting, like, a lot of big interviews in the States. Um, really? Like, crazy like, good coverage. But... Like
3: this show. Like this podcast.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's been, like... <laughs> But it's been good. So shout out to everybody that I've been supporting. And my talents in this space are just amazing people, too. So so how does... I mean, it, in Canada, yeah.
0: too. <laughs> yeah, we can't forget that.
2: I'm going to diss my Canadian no. <laughs> people, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we
3: won't, I won't let you do that. I've had some really awesome Canadian people on here, so I'm, I won't let you do that.
2: So, I'll my Canadian fine. <laughs> so
3: what's, what is a typical day or week for you?
2: Any typical. And it's funny because I actually said that to another interview this week, how one of the reasons why I love what I do is that you can't say you have a typical week or day or there's no typical schedule. Okay. Because it's always different day by day. You can't be like, oh, well, the only thing that's similar is that I go to the gym
0: <laughs> pretty much every day
2: and I wake up and I but um, and I'm saying this and if my trainer listens to this you full on know that since I've been traveling in the past two weeks I haven't done that but (laughs) that um, but in all fairness and everyone knows this I uh, I go to the gym pretty much every day except like one day a week so but yeah except that um, but that oh and the gym is pretty much the only thing that keeps me sane sometimes
3: you know, I can understand that because I, in, in doing some of these interviews and, and I I was able to actually interview one other person in PR and between the two, talking to the two of you, your schedule's got to be crazy. I, I can only well, imagine. That,
2: but that, and that goes back to like the green line and the people that don't understand the industry uh, and or do. But um, we, I mean, I'll talk for myself, but I know a lot of people like that too um, it's 24-7 because you don't know what's going to happen. Like you might have to, it might be 2 in the morning, but you have to turn something around because so there's a crisis somewhere and that goes back to the reason why I love what I do um, It's because any day, like not one day will be the same. Okay. Okay, okay of course, you'll be in front of your laptop and saying, so you or your phone or doing interviews or this and this and this, but there's not one day that's going to be the same because you never really pitch the same story. Especially if you have a couple of clients, you, you won't talk to the same journalist every day
0: Okay. unless
2: you really need to speak to that person. Okay. Um, But yeah, I think it's just like the different things that I do all the time that makes it exciting and Sometimes we all have a moment that we want to. be are tired of it, but I will never
0: quit.
2: That's my point. Like
3: well, I love what I do. Well, you mentioned crises, and I want to—I yeah. want to throw a, a, a hypothetical situation at you. It'll now it'll be hypothetical to you, but it actually happened here uh, during the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh, so one of the biggest uh, players who's now a free agent, but he was—he was the. Biggest player for the Nationals, Bryce Harper. He plays yeah. he plays outfield for the Nationals. He's from Las Vegas. During the Stanley Cup Finals with the Washington Nationals versus the Las, Ve- uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, Bryce Harper wore a Golden Knights jersey to the, to the, uh, one of the games that he attended, and he caught unreal amounts of flack in the DC area for that because. The, the expectation is, you know, you play for uh, a Washington team, you support all the Washington teams. How how would a publicist handle something like that?
2: In all fairness, I get the Washington connection, but it's not like you late for the castle Right. And, I mean, you're allowed to be a fan
0: of another city.
3: So would you so, have... Would you would you have had him say anything, or just ch- just kind of ride it out and, and just let I, it die down on its own?
2: I would I would wait to die down a little bit. Okay. And not post in statement anywhere, but then I would just be like, "I apologize if I offended some people, <laughs> but at the end of the day, he's a human being; he's not obligated to serve international. national. I mean, sorry, the capital.
0: Yeah.
3: All right. See." That I like that answer because that, that's that was the approach that I kind of figured knowing you know, he he's gonna cheer for his home team. You know, I mean
0: I, I
2: Well that's I, the thing, like he doesn't need to cheer for whichever team. He's allowed to cheer for whoever exactly. but again that goes back to what I was saying though about the social media. Yeah. If people think that they're allowed to judge people even then even though they are totally in their own like vibe of doing their own thing
0: exactly
3: exactly he's allowed to have his own likes and dislikes he doesn't have to have he doesn't have to like every team from in the metropolitan area for the team he plays with so all right no
2: exactly
0: excellent all right i like especially like like
2: that. that goes back to something like um yeah well that's the thing and it's funny because last well two weeks ago when i was in new york i was on a panel with the editor of Essence Magazine, and one of the editors, and another journalist from MTV. And we were, it was like, talk about news and stuff, but also about social media and about how kids should have a social media 101. Not just that, though, but communication 101, just go back to basic of what's communication.
0: Okay, yeah. That's
3: not- it
2: just goes back to what you were saying about him wearing the jersey.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know maybe I, I don't know. I'm not a PR expert so. <laughs> I, but now so with with some of your clients and do you notice is is there any difference between your clients that are more more popular in, in Canada as opposed to the ones in in America is there, is there a difference in how you market Canadian base clients to US-based clients?
2: Well, the market is different. You guys have a start system and Canada doesn't really have a start system. Having said, Quebec does with their Quebec talent. Um, the way of talking to journalists here and in the States is different. Um, okay. Not just in the States and then all, the but by city. Like, you wouldn't talk to someone in New York the same way as you talk to someone in LA. Home
0: right.
2: Like, it's all like at the end of the day, it's all like a social, not a social, but a mind game, I guess. Okay. And it's just like about how to speak to different people, but you can't, you can't pitch, what I keep saying is that you can't pitch the same pitch to, from a U.S. client to a Canadian comp, to a Canadian media and or to a U.S. U.S. needs to be a more, oh, a little bit more sensational.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to be disagree.
2: real. But um but in Canada you don't have to be as much. And especially in London, that but if you're a US person and you're coming to Canada, uh you always have an advantage on and, and if you're a talent, you always have a little advantage on the Canadian people.
0: Okay. That's just how it
3: is. Okay. Have have you ever turned a client down or refused to work with anybody?
2: the thing, like the whoever works with me needs to have like the same kind of mentality and I need to really believe in them. Okay. Um if you're not on the same page as me or the mentality of how it works and I'll feel it and again touching wood somewhere. Um it's one of those things that I've been lucky enough that whoever has been not attracted to, but you know, like the chemistry yeah, yeah um between me and my clients and the brands or the talents or at least or whatnot. not. um it's always been just good chemistry that everyone at the end of the day on team charisma, um mm-hmm. everyone supports each other, so people will follow each other on social media and like everyone posts and make sure we attend events together. As much as possible, because obviously I'm not in LA and I have a couple of talents in LA, but also um, same thing for Canada. Like in Toronto, my talents tend to go to events all together and take picture and social media together. <laughs> so it just needs to be like this family vibe, I guess. And again, like it needs to be in my value. So if not, then would that be one
3: of the part. would that be one of the benefits of, of somebody? going with uh, Charisma over a, a larger PR firm, the the more of a family feel that you
0: guys have?
2: Well, it, you know what? It all depends on the people. Because if you like the whole family vibe, the whole like, it's a crew. It's like more personal vibe. And the work gets done and there's coverage that goes out and whatnot, nonstop, literally. Mm-hmm. Especially I, just for a couple of my clients, um... Alicia George as an example, who's like the Bob Slade bronze medal winner for Canada. Um we got tons of coverage for her just here alone. Call Carl Wolf London Brown for me steel baller, is Reggie. Yeah, yeah. Um, we started working together back in July and we've done since then he's he's grown so much. And at and the cool thing is that I'm saying that out of those three, but I have a couple other um example, but what I like is that on top of me getting coverage for them, they grow out of it, but I grow as well. Oh good. So that's like really important for me too. So, like Pete, um, Keith Carlo, Broderick and London all give me the opportunity this year. Get crazy coverage like in the big magazine in the States. And at the beginning of the year, I wasn't, um, I didn't have all those really good contact in the magazine. And now I do. (laughs) And now, like, I I speak to them, I get coverage and everything on not a daily basis because I don't need it, but you know. (laughs) So So because of them, I grow a lot. So that's what I like. Like, I like when everyone goes out of it, basically.
3: So most of your clients uh, are creative types, you know, musicians, actors, right. athletes. Have you ever had a client from an industry that you didn't really expect? Uh, so, you know, some some type of, um, I don't know, somebody from, from industry or, or a politician or something like that?
2: Um, I, again, that like, goes back to what I was saying about, like, how I like challenge and I like when they are not the same. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, see, here's the thing. Because I always see the bigger picture. Okay. So, as much as a chef, for example, might not always be my number one go-to as a client. Right. I'll still take him on because I still have the complex for it. But I see a bigger picture. If one of my other talents, like cooking, then there could be like a cooking interview that they could combine together.
0: like And
2: okay. not please with a, like a boxing studio, then we could do something interesting for a piece of coverage, which will benefit both. So I always try to find mix and match. And even like real estate people or why well, have like technology people now, but I just don't limit myself. Unless it's something that I really don't see a fit, basically.
3: Have you ever been starstruck by any of your own clients?
2: No. And the reason why is because I started young. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some of my talents that, like, for example, like, my more, like, ninety degrees or, well, not 98 degrees. I don't technically work with them, but I work with Jeff. Like I worked with Ember Rose, I worked with Will Smith. Oh wow. Carol Owens I've done something with. Um, I I can't not get starstruck because I treat those people like normal people.
0: Okay. That's... Um
2: and we all have our highs and lows. Right. And you need to and I, I guess that's one of the big things when you do PR, you need to level it up and bring it back to reality as much as possible. But yeah, they are like, they could be at the top. And Will Smith is like a prime example. He's just been so amazing. And because of Will, actually, because of Will Smith and his people, uh, when he came to Montreal and I took care of them during Fashion Week a couple of years ago, because of his people that kind they introduced me to Amber Rose. Oh, okay. Because of his people, I went to an event at Neil's house during the Grammys five or wow. four, four five
0: years ago. Oh, my gosh. And it's
2: just, yeah, four years ago. Anyways, but that's because of him. Well, that that party that I met Tweet from Next, the music group, and, oh. and I met uh, Tara Owen.
0: Man.
2: So. That's something like, I think it's just like when you have a good aura or something, it's just going to bring the right people.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely agree with that.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, no, I don't, I tend to just act normal and make sure whoever I work with acts the same way.
3: Now, one of the, the the last things I wanted to ask you was a a, a little bit more about what you do. Um, you're what's called a, a full-service PR. You say what? What does that actually mean for someone who might not, like me, I guess, who doesn't who doesn't know all the uh, yeah. ins and outs?
2: Well, we pretty much babysit. We <laughs> also work. We do everything, and we're miracle workers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but in reality, I mean, all of those three are real. But um, what we do is we make sure that. Um, we get positive coverage about her brand, the clients. And we also make sure that we do we provide press release for brain talent to events. We I mean I organize events too. Okay. I do gifting kit. I do pretty much literally everything.
3: <laughs> Sounds like
0: it
2: there's not really the only thing I don't really do, um is pretty much like graphic design type of things or creating invites, but then again I have a friend that always helps me and does it.
0: Okay.
2: And I do, I mean, I do translate into just because I have to, because it's in between um, the French market and English.
3: So. Right, right, right. What, what's one of the weirdest things, one of the weirdest experiences you've had in PR? Uh, something Something maybe behind the scenes that, that was weird. <laughs> some some kind of unusual situation then that may have happened that you can share with us.
2: There's always going to be a couple of weird ones. But um
3: And you don't have to you don't have to give names. You can you can just say yeah, you had a client.
2: Okay. Well, that particular year during the NBA All Star, I was working on this certain event to a certain artist and nobody was again it goes back to communication one on one though. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: and I almost quit PR after that. Which I, I, <laughs> I would wasn't done, but I was oh, no. at that point. So that particular client, um, they kept. I mean, the management threw me under the bus with a journalist saying that, uh, saying a couple of things. Anyways, bottom line is, it it became a really weird and messy situation. Okay. That I'm not gonna go into detail. But it's actually funny because I ended up. Going to that artist concert in LA before leaving LA earlier
0: this week. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. So,
2: which is cool. It's not, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not, I don't think it's the artist himself because me and him never actually spoke. It was the management that it was just misorganized and people didn't know what they were doing, basically. Uh. Because they didn't tell me that they had another PR person for an event for two other events yeah two other different PR people. Oh jeez. So it became like this really big messy nonsense situation.
0: So
3: communication one oh one
2: well that's it. <laughs> and quite frankly it would so many problems not just in PR but in general. Just just you know, talk.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
2: Take one thinking then. Instead hey. of jumping to conclusion.
3: I'm I'm really thrilled to have, to have had you on and uh, if I can ever get to the point where I can get some PR, I'll definitely be contacting you. I got to figure out how to get more people listening to this to this podcast. So one of these days, I'm hoping hey, I can I, mean- <laughs> I can actually you know work with you a little bit more than just requesting you know interviews from you.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Well, I'm always open to like get advice too.
3: So
0: well, I- actually, I've
2: done. I did that in my Uber ride, one of my Uber rides in L.A. last week. And uh, this kid was like, is in the music industry or is getting a little bit more involved in the music industry. And we had this long talk. And I'm like, hey, you know, if you need advice or anything, just let me know. And I, that's one thing. I'm not, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not doing it all the time. But sometimes I'm like, you know what? if You need help, I'm here.
3: <laughs> now, how can people follow your agency and, uh, and and see what your clients are up to, who your clients are, first of all? Um, yeah, and and see.
2: Well, my yeah. website. Um, we're relaunching the website, so it's going to be launched on January 10th. Perfect. Um, so that's that, and it's www. So double e's. If not, uh, they could follow me at Charisma Agency on Instagram, and yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much everywhere. Even if you type my name, you'll find me
3: somewhere. Oh, oh, fantastic. Well, do you have maybe a a, a movie from a client or something, a TV show coming out that that you want people to know about? Um,
2: uh, Well, minus my website, uh, all my clients are like actively on shows and stuff, so... You guys, if you watch HBO Ballers um, with Dwayne Durock, two of my clients on it. So I have London Brown, who's Reggie on the show, and I have Carl McDowell, who's TTV on the show. Love this. Uh, who's like the best friend of John David Washington. And then I also have Eric Lopez, who's on, it's now the last season of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. You yeah, has could turn in and watch that. And then on my Canadian side of kids, I have Carl Wolf, who's an amazing international singer, that he's been working with me for like the past 10 years.
0: Oh, wow. That says a yeah. lot.
2: Oh, well, and the thing too is like, he's like my big brother, all, <laughs> even though we're the same, pretty much the same age. We're <laughs> like this nagging like sister, uh, <laughs> brother. Relationships,
3: not no but it's like family and you so much so we've been it's like what friends do.
2: So. Oh that's awesome.
3: That's fantastic. Well Yeah. Uh, Karen, thank you so much for coming on spending some time with me tonight. It was really eye opening to learn a lot about PR and, and what you have to go through to help people stay in the public eye. It's it's fascinating.
2: Exactly. No for sure. And it's funny because I had this talk with like another theater um, girl in L.A. And we were joking about how we should do um, a TV show.
0: <laughs>
2: hey, I love the behind the scenes PR, but as a documentary, not a reality show. You,
3: that, you know what? That sounds really interesting. I mean, from just our short little talk here. I'm really intrigued. I, I would love I would love to follow you around for a couple of days just to see what goes on and all the. Uh, That's
2: what I'm saying, because people don't see the behind the scenes and they see us event partying or they see us like they just think that we're just answering emails and stuff. But there's so much more to it
3: well you've just shown a little tiny light on it on this show and it, it's amazing so thank you so much for coming on with me i really do appreciate it no
2: worries.
3: thanks for having me oh it's all my pleasure